Our scripture reading is from John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And we will read verses 15 through 24 today. Please stand for the reading of the scripture. I know it says 15 to 31, but it became obvious we won't make it that far today. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. May God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Our Father in heaven. Again, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have spoken to us. We thank you that you have spoken to us in these last days by your Son, who is the radiance of your glory and the exact imprint of your person. And so we pray that we would see our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, high and lifted up. And know that to see him is to see you, the Father. So speak to us and bless us, we pray, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Do I love Jesus? One of my favorite preachers usually puts his sermon title in the form of a question And one Sunday, a particular church member looked at his bulletin before walking into the church, and he saw the preacher there, was greeting people on their way in, and he looked at him and said, Preacher, if I look at the bulletin and see the sermon title, if I already know the answer to the question, is it all right if I just go home? Maybe you feel like that when you see a sermon title like this one, Do I Love Jesus? Of course. I love Jesus. But in this passage, Jesus tells us some amazing things about those who love him. And the purpose of this passage and this message is not to set up some sort of a litmus test to determine if you really love Jesus or if you love him enough and not just say, I love Jesus. That's scriptural. There's a place for that. But 
this passage has more to do with the promises Jesus makes to those who love him. So let's look at Jesus' promises. First, in this passage, you see that if you love Jesus, you will obey him. Look at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 23, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Simple statement. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will keep my word. And this is the better translation. It's it's not a command. It's a promise. Jesus is not simply directing us to obey him. If you love me, obey me. He is promising that we will obey him. If you love Jesus, you have a desire to obey him. It ought to be the greatest desire of our soul. Paul said, we make it our aim to please him. I reckon that's where the expression we aim to please came from. What the apostle Paul said of his relationship to Jesus Christ. And if our greatest desire is to obey to follow Jesus, then our greatest frustration and discouragement is what a sorry job we do of following him and obeying him. You know, on the one hand, some will use this to lay on the guilt, beat people over the head with it. You're no good at obeying Jesus, so you must not really love him. Bad boy, do better not very helpful is it but then on the other hand there are those who will say you cannot obey Jesus you never can obey Jesus you never will but there's grace and forgiveness you'll never obey so stop stop trying just drink in the grace of God well that's not helpful either it's really a denial of the power of the grace of God to change a sinner but it has been taught in so-called conservative Presbyterian churches. But we see here that Jesus does not say either thing. You're no good at obeying me, you're bad. Or you're no good at obeying me, so don't even bother with it. It's okay. Instead, Jesus makes a promise. A promise that if you love him, you will keep his commandments. You're teaching a child something new. And the child, frustrated, yells, I can't do it, and throws it down. And you say, yes, you can. Yes, you will. And you're encouraging the child to persevere, though he feels like he'll never get anywhere. Jesus knows that's how we are. We feel that we're getting nowhere in our spiritual growth, in our frustration. We're tempted, maybe not so much to give up, but to stop caring about it. 
And so Jesus, like a good father or a good teacher or a coach, comes to us and says, you will get there. You are going to make it. Don't be discouraged. Press on. You will keep my commandments. That's the first promise. Second promise. Jesus says, if you love me, you have the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Here, Jesus begins to explain the how. How will I ever be able to keep Jesus' commandments? Jesus promises that he will give his disciples another helper. Some translations say comforter. Some say advocate. Some say counselor. There's no one word in English that that gets it across. The the Greek word means something like, (coughs) I will send one who will come alongside of you. It was used some in a court of law like we would call an attorney, a a counselor. But it's more than that. It's someone who uh, comes alongside like an attorney would come to your defense, but but it can mean most any circumstance where someone would uh, come along to encourage you, to strengthen your hands, to steer you right. And all of that is encompassed in what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. It is because we have Him and only because we have Him that we'll be able to keep Jesus' commandments. And there's a a good year's worth of teaching on the Holy Spirit in this passage alone, but I want to hit a few sub-points in fairly rapid succession today, just barely skimming the surface. First, you see that the Holy Spirit is another, another one who comes alongside. Jesus says, verse 16, that he will, the Father will give us another helper. So if he's another helper, who's the other one? It's Jesus himself, of course. John tells us that later on in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. In other words, the Holy Spirit carries on the same ministry of Jesus to us. Look at verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all (coughs) that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us of Jesus' words, he sent in Jesus' name. So he is another like Jesus. Second, the Holy Spirit is is with us forever. You see at the end of verse 16, he says, to be with you forever. An old Scottish preacher I've been reading, said that the Holy Spirit 
will never leave us, never forsake us. He will abide with us forever. He will live in us while we live. He will not leave us when we die. He will be the life of our souls in paradise, and even our mortal bodies shall in due time be quickened, raised from the dead, because of that Holy Spirit who dwelt in them, as well as because of the Savior who died. He's with us forever, for all eternity. The true believer will always have the Holy Spirit. So he is another. He's with us forever. Third, he's the spirit of truth. Look at verse 17. Even the spirit (coughs) of truth. Now in this context, You know, Jesus has already defined the truth. In verse 6, I am the truth. He is the true revelation of God who makes the Father known. And now Jesus promises the spirit of truth. Jesus is the truth. So the spirit of truth is the spirit of Jesus or the spirit of Christ. So the Son reveals the Father, so the Spirit reveals the Son. One God. But let's think about Him being the Spirit of truth or the Spirit of of Christ. Jesus had said that if we love Him, we will keep His commandments and He will ask the Father to give us the Holy Spirit. What are the commandments we are to keep? Generally, we know we ought to conform to Jesus' teaching, <coughs> which was essentially his correct and authoritative explanation of the Old Testament law. But look back just a little at chapter 13 and verse 34. A new commandment I give you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. The commandment, the new commandment, is to love one another as he loved us. Humbling himself to the point of death, completely giving himself away for us. How are we to live like that? Love like that? So completely get over ourselves that we become as selfless and self-giving and self-sacrificing as Jesus. You see, we have the same spirit that he has. (coughs) The same Holy Spirit who conceived the human nature of Jesus in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The same spirit who anointed Jesus the same Spirit who led Jesus, who empowered His ministry and His miracles, the same Spirit through whom the author of Hebrews tells us that Jesus offered Himself to the Father on the cross. The same Spirit that Paul tells us raised the Lord Jesus from the dead. He is the same Spirit who is in us and with us 
course, we're very different from Jesus. We don't have divine nature like he had, and our human natures are sinful, which his is not. Yet we have the same spirit at work in our lives, our real human lives who first created and worked in and on the human life of Jesus Christ. We can love one another as Jesus loved us because we have the same spirit working in and on our human natures who first worked in and on his. So really when you think about it, the question is not so much can I keep the commandments. No, the question is can the Holy Spirit empower a human being to keep the commandments? And the answer to that is simple. Sure it can. The proof of it is the human life of Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit is another. He's with us forever. He's the Spirit of truth. Fourth, you see that the Holy Spirit brings the undivided trinity into us. Look at verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now Jesus said that he will ask the Father to send the Spirit to the disciples, but but here Jesus says that he and the Father will make their home with the one who loves him and keeps his commandments. You know, the Apostle Paul in Romans 5 says that the love of God, that's the Father, the Father's love is shed abroad or poured down into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians that Christ dwells in our hearts through faith as we are strengthened with power through His Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit in our inner being. Look at verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Jesus is in the Father. And by the Holy Spirit we are in Him and somehow in some mysterious way through the indwelling Holy Spirit in our hearts, we have the entire Trinity in us. This is how we love Jesus. The Father loves the Son, and the Father makes His home in us. This is how we keep the commandments. The perfectly obedient Son is in us, all sealed by the same Holy Spirit who empowered the perfect human life of Jesus. Look at verse 24. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that, that you hear is not mine but the Father's who sent me. You know, as we've seen throughout John, Jesus speaks the Father's words. And then look at verse 25 again. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. What things? That's the Father's words. Verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your 
remembrance all that I have said to you. The Son speaks the Father's words. The Spirit then comes and teaches and reminds us of the Son's words. But the Son's words are the Father's words. One God, one voice, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if you love Jesus, He promises you have all that in you. That's what it says. The old hymn says, Think what spirit dwells within thee. What a father's smile is thine. What a savior died to win thee. Child of heaven should thou repine. Should you be discouraged? Think what Holy Spirit dwells within you. What a father's smile is looking down on you. And what savior died to save you. So if you love Jesus, you will obey him. If you love Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, you see that if you love Jesus, you will be raised. Look at verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Jesus, he's talking about his death and his resurrection. He says, I'm going away, but then I'm coming back. This this is not talking about his second coming in the end. He talks about that elsewhere, but, but here he's talking about I'm coming back from death. You see, he says in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. You become an orphan if your parents die. Jesus is saying, I won't leave you orphans. I won't stay dead. And then you see in verse 19, he promises, because I live, you will live also. Because he was raised, we will be raised. So if you love Jesus, you will obey him. If you love Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. If you love Jesus, you will be raised. Fourthly, you see that if you love Jesus, God loves you. Look at verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. If you love Jesus, both the Father and the Son love you. He's not saying that our love provokes God's love. Uh, We love him and therefore he loves us back. You know, this is the same John who wrote those words, we love him because he first loved us, or as we learn to sing it, oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. He's simply stating a fact. If you love Jesus, the Father loves you. The Son loves you. If you love Jesus, you will obey Him. You have the Holy Spirit. You will be raised. God loves you. 
And fifthly and finally, you see that if you love Jesus, heaven is in you. Heaven is in you. Look at verse 23 again. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now go back to verse 2, John 14, 2. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. A great description of heaven. In my Father's house are many rooms or many mansions or many dwellings. Heaven is dwelling with the Father and the Son in the place the Son has prepared for us in the Father's house. That's what heaven will be. But here in verse 23, Jesus says that if we love him and keep his commandments, the Father and Son make their home with us. What makes heaven heaven is to dwell in the house of the Lord, to be with him. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's heaven. But here in the meantime, he comes to dwell with us. You know, we could turn the end of 23rd Psalm around And it would be just as true. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And God will dwell in me forever. An old hymn says, Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And that's what Jesus is talking about. There's no Puritan preacher by the name of Richard Sibbs, and of him it was said, Of this blessed man, let this just praise be given. Heaven was in him before he was in heaven. Heaven was in him before he was in heaven. If you love Jesus, you are a little manifestation of heaven on earth. Because God is in you. The Father and the Son make their home in you by the Holy Spirit. And what makes heaven heaven is that God is there. The Father and the Son are there. And if you love Jesus by the Spirit, 
the Father and the Son are already in you. This is what our Lord Jesus promises to all who love him here below on this earth now. Heaven will be in you before you are in heaven. And I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath it entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for those who love him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.